We have new information now also on the plane crash. KTVU has just learned the names of the four pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sum Ting Wong, Wee Tu Lo, Ho Li Fook, and Bang Ding Ao. The NTSB has confirmed these are the names of the pilots on board Flight 214 when it crashed. We are working to determine exactly what roles each of them played during the landing on Saturday. Sasha Bloom, OU Radio. Johnny McKeon's not in studio today. He's working with a man, broadcasting professionally in Salt Lake City. So I'll be your host today. At 3.30 p.m., we have Mr. Craig Worth coming in today. He's a broadcast Hall of Famer. He's a multi-time Emmy winner and overall hard worker. Uh, he's going to come in and discuss with us uh, how to be successful in life, uh, how to build a work ethic, and... Uh, how to understand what you're watching on television and in movies and some of the nuances that uh, a man who's been doing television for 40 years understands. Also at 3 o'clock we have KU's fearless leader, William Hatton. He's coming in to co-host OU Radio with me. Uh, you can always find me at Mr. Underscore Bloom. Be interactive with me on the radio today. I would certainly appreciate it. Um, we're going to go to a break here in just a second. I just wanted to pop on and let you know what's going on. But uh, when we get back from break, I think we're going to discuss Nelson Mandela. I've noticed in the media that there's an upsurge of respect and love for the man. And I'm generally under the same tenement. However, his early life, many, even former Vice President Dick Cheney, have called him a terrorist. Uh, as you all know, he grew up in South Africa under apartheid, where it was uh, white-dominated. Blacks had no rights uh, to move around the city. They had to have freedom cards. It was impressive. It was brutal. And it was unfair to live as a man, woman, or child in apartheid South Africa. Nelson Mandela, as a young man, uh, you know, had a lot of issues with uh, the way the government was treating him, his people, his family. And, you know, and a lot of people say he might not have gone about it the first way. There's a memorable quote with him saying how grateful he was to go to prison because a priori to him being arrested, he was supposed to blow up some buildings with uh, women and children in it. And he uh, reflected on that period, saying it, he's just happy that that never happened. So we're going to get into him. I want to play a speech of his uh, that he did, I think, in the 70s or 80s. And then maybe we'll even bring in Barack Obama's speech, because I, I found that very interesting, uh, how Barack Obama, when he was just about to be inaugurated for the first time as president of the United States, 
uh, he had those type of wants from the public to be a Nelson Mandela, to be a Dr. King Jr., to be a Kennedy. And I think as we look now in hindsight, we might have put too many goals on a modern human being. So we'll get into these. Uh, when Will Hatton comes in, we'll do some airing of grievances. Uh, we'll talk about the status of KU Radio overall, its health, its long-term views, and we'll have some jokes. So with that, uh, we're going to break. We'll have the visionaries, some Bobby Womack, some Louis Armstrong, and um, we'll go from there. So thank you for joining me on this excursion, and uh, I'll talk to you shortly. Hey, this is Bob Bedore with Quick Wits, and you're listening to KU Radio, the only real radio at the University of Utah. This is Chris Hollifield from the I Am Salt Lake podcast, and you're listening to KU Radio. Hello, alien warrior comedian here. You're listening to all Ute Radio. Hey, this is Matt Knutson, uh, and if I sound familiar, it's because you're currently listening to my voice. You can find me also here on Old Ute Radio. My name is Brian Pope. You're listening to Old Ute Radio. What's up, boys? This is Zach Arthur from New School. You're listening to Old Ute Radio. Hey, guys, this is Dwayne Perkins, and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. You know it. Hey, Johnny McKeon here, and if you're interested in being a guest on All Ute Radio with Johnny McKeon and Sasha Bloom, you should definitely hit us up at alluteradio at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Johnny McKeon, that's M-C-K-E-O-N. You could also hit up Sasha at Mr. Underscore Bloom, that's B-L-U-M-E. Like always, you can find us Wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m. on KUteRadio.org. This is Keith Stubbs, comedian, entrepreneur, actor, and failed radio personality, and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. I'm Jake Keenum, director of 12 Till Dusk, and you're listening to KU Radio. All the leaves are brown And the sky is gray I went for a walk on a winter's day, I'd be saving warm if I was in LA. California dreaming. Hello, you. This is Sasha Bloom, all you radio you were tuned into. So, as I discussed before we went to break, we were going to discuss Nelson Mandela uh, for a little bit today. We have Will Hatton coming in at 3 o'clock, Craig Wirth at 3.30, and so we'll just have to get through this first 20 minutes. Barack Obama spoke. Some say it was one of his most moving speeches when he talked about Nelson Mandela. So I thought we'd uh, play it. Uh, it's a long speech. It's 19 minutes. Of course, we're not going to play the whole 19 minutes, but we'll we'll listen to him, and you know I'll bring in some discussion points that I found rather interesting. It's very interesting watching America's first black president speaking 
in Africa. It's just a surreal presence, and uh, it's kind of moving. So we'll come into this right now, and thank you for listening to OU Radio. Oh, that's not going to work for you, is it? And members of the government, to heads of states and government, past and present, distinguished guests, it is a singular honor to be with you today to celebrate a life like no other. To the people of South Africa, people of every race and every walk of life, the world thanks you for sharing Nelson Mandela with us. His struggle was your struggle. His triumph was your triumph. Your dignity and your hope found expression in his life, and your freedom, your democracy, is his cherished legacy. It is hard to eulogize any man, to capture in words not just the facts, and the dates that make a life, but the essential truth of a person, their private joys and sorrows, the quiet moments and unique qualities that illuminate someone's soul. How much harder to do so for a giant of history who moved a nation toward justice and in the process moved billions around the world. Born during World War I, far from the corridors of power, a boy raised herding cattle and tutored by the elders of his Thembu tribe, Madiba would emerge as the last great liberator of the 20th century. Like Gandhi, he would lead a resistance movement, a movement that at its start had little prospect for success. Like Dr. King, he would give potent voice to the claims of the oppressed and the moral necessity of racial justice. He would endure a brutal imprisonment that began in the time of Kennedy and Khrushchev and reached the final days of the Cold War. Emerging from prison without the force of arms, he would like Abraham Lincoln, hold his country together when it threatened to break apart. And like America's founding fathers, he would erect a constitutional order to preserve freedom for future generations, a commitment to democracy and rule of law, ratified not only by his election, but by his willingness to step down from power after only one term. Given the sweep of his life, the scope of his accomplishments, the adoration that he so rightly earned, it's tempting, I think, to remember Nelson Mandela as an icon, smiling and serene, detached from the tawdry affairs of lesser men. But Madiba himself strongly resisted 
such a lifeless portrait. Instead, Madiba insisted on sharing with us his doubts and his fears, his miscalculations, along with his victories. I am not a saint, he said, unless you think of a saint as a sinner who keeps on trying. And it was precisely because he could admit to imperfection, because he could be so full of good humor, even mischief, despite the heavy burdens that he carried, that we loved him so. He was not a bust made of marble. He was a man of flesh and blood, a son and a husband, a father and a friend. And that's why we learn so much from him, and that's why we can learn from him. I wonder why modern politicians don't discuss what he did uh, in the 60s and 70s. As I was saying at the beginning of this show, many people in Africa were completely fed up by the brutal dictatorial regimes that the leaders of uh, South Africa were doing. It, it was really one of the most brutal places a human being could grow up and live in and try to function. Uh, the, the racism was atrocious. You know, black people couldn't walk around without having freedom papers and freedom cards and uh, they had to not they weren't allowed to do anything that was with a white person it's disgusting and so what they don't talk about nelson mandela was that he was a serious uh i guess he was a communist you know he certainly as they say was influenced by lenin and he didn't do what mahatma gandhi did and start a non-violence re resistance against a dictatorial regime he he wanted to take over them you know he studied marx and engels uh, lenin stalin mao zedong and he was a disruptor uh, a violent disruptor and he went to prison for it it wasn't like it, it's one of those catch 22s in this world is anytime you want humanism and you want freedom for humans Nelson Mandela decided that it was more important for him to bring chaos in South Africa because he wanted freedom. When he was arrested for his, his disruptive behaviors, I think there was a real reflection in his life. I think he regretted his violence, and he wanted to come back when he got out of prison and be a real healer, and that's what he became. So it's interesting when we see Obama talk about of Mandela as, you know, when he quotes Mandela saying, well, I'm a saint if you accept sinners being able to be saints. But I don't understand why Obama skirts around it and doesn't uh, call him what he was before he went to prison, which, uh, you know, he certainly was a participant of violence. So let's go back to Obama. For nothing he achieved was inevitable. In the arc of his life, we see a man who earned his place in history through struggle and shrewdness and persistence and faith. He tells us what is possible, not just in the pages of history books, but in our own lives as well. Mandela showed us the power of action, 
of taking risks on behalf of our ideals. Perhaps Mandela was right that he inherited a proud rebelliousness, a stubborn sense of fairness from his father. And we know he shared with millions of black and colored South Africans the anger born of a thousand slights, a thousand indignities, a thousand unremembered moments, a desire to fight the system that imprisoned my people, he said. But like other early giants of the ANC, the Sisulus and the Tambos, Madiba disciplined his anger and channeled his desire to fight into organization and platforms and strategies for action so men and women could stand up for their God-given dignity. Moreover, he accepted the consequences of his actions, knowing that standing up to powerful interests and injustice carries a price. I have fought against white domination, and I have fought against black domination. I cherish the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons live together in harmony and equal opportunities. It is an ideal which I hope to live for and to achieve, but if needs be, it is an ideal for which I am prepared to die. Mandela taught us the power of action, but he also taught us the power of ideas, the importance of reason and arguments, the need to study not only those who you agree with, but also those who you don't agree with. He understood that ideas cannot be contained by prison walls or extinguished by a sniper's bullet. He turned his trial into an indictment of apartheid because of his eloquence and his passion, but also because of his training as an advocate. He used decades of prison to sharpen his arguments, but also to spread his thirst for knowledge to others in the movement. And he learned the language and the customs of his oppressors so that one day he might better convey to them how their own freedom depend upon his. Mandela just demonstrated that action and ideas are not enough. No matter how right, they must also be chiseled into law and institutions. He was practical, testing his beliefs against the hard surface of circumstance and history. On core principles, he was unyielding, which is why he could rebuff offers of unconditional release, reminding the apartheid regime that prisoners cannot enter into contracts. But as he showed in painstaking negotiations to transfer power and draft new laws, he was not afraid to compromise for the sake of a larger goal. And because he was not only a leader of a movement but a skillful politician, the Constitution that emerged was worthy of this multiracial democracy.
true to his vision of laws that protect minority as well as majority rights and the precious freedoms of every South African. And finally, Mandela understood the ties that bind the human spirit. There's a word in South Africa, Ubuntu. A word that captures Mandela's greatest gift, his recognition that we are all bound together in ways that are invisible to the eye, that there's a oneness to humanity, that we achieve ourselves by sharing ourselves with others and caring for those around us. We can never know how much of this sense was innate in him or how much was shaped in a dark and solitary cell. But we remember the gestures, large and small, introducing his jailers as honored guests at his inauguration, taking a pitch in a Springbok uniform, turning his family's heartbreak into a call to confront HIV-AIDS that revealed the depths of his empathy and his understanding. He not only embodied Ubuntu, he taught millions to find that truth within themselves. It took a man like Madiba to free not just the prisoner, but the jailer as well. To show that you must trust others so that they may trust you. To teach that reconciliation is not a matter of ignoring a cruel past, but a means of confronting it with inclusion and generosity and truth. He changed laws, but he also changed hearts. I think that about sums up Nelson Mandela. It's gotta be amazing to experience 27 years of prison. And I don't mean amazing in a good way, probably a dumb word. How do you shape one's mind with brutal conditions, with bad food, not being able to exercise or love, and still keep compassion for the human spirit? It's one of those intriguing things that I'm not sure I'll understand. Obama talked about how we'll never see a, another Nelson Mandela again. Well, I hope this whole world becomes nothing but people like uh, Mandela. I, I love his beauty, and... I understand where his violence came from, and it's just unfortunate that people have to go to extremes like that uh, to get people's attention just for them not to be mean. Hopefully in this world it uh, becomes a much more kind and gentle place as we move on throughout history. Uh, with that, we're going to break. Uh, we got the heavy we're going to play, some Louis Armstrong, uh, some Marvin Gaye, and then uh, we got Will Hatton coming in at uh, about 3 o'clock. So enjoy thank you for listening to old ute radio uh tweet johnny mckeon at johnny mckeon he's a new citizen of america he got accepted congratulations to him he they talked about him on abc4 utah a little shout out to johnny mckeon uh overall good guy uh it's a bummer that ku is losing him and we wish him nothing but success next week will be his last show uh i don't know if we'll be doing any tributes or anything like that, probably just kicking them out the door. Uh, we'll have Will Hatton in next week and uh, Brian Bennett. Uh, they 
post Geek Revolution Radio. I think they're on hiatus right now, but they're going to be coming in. Uh, Johnny used to do radio with them. Uh, just kind of going old school for uh, the last couple of years with uh, those two guys, and uh, we'll be kicking Johnny out the door. So it will be a good time next week, but uh, certainly don't go away. We got great music. We got Craig Worth coming in, and if you're ever interested in uh, hearing the jokes and wisdom of Johnny McKeon, uh, you can always archive our stuff at uh, kuradio.org. We're all over the place. I think we're at 46 episodes up on there. I think there's only a couple of missing, but uh, you can archive all the way down. You can, you know, tweet us at our various tweets. You can email us at oyuteradio uh, at gmail.com and let us know how we did, how we're doing. I know that next semester I'll be doing a show with uh, the talented, the beautiful uh, DJ Shalasia, Rebecca. And I'm very excited for that. Uh, I don't think we'll be going just three hours, free format. We'll be bringing interviews in, but I think we're going to structure up a little bit more. Uh, she really enjoys sport. We're going to talk a lot of sports. Uh, probably we'll talk about a lot of relationships and love and kindness. And she's uh, going for a PhD in psychology next year. So, you know, I grew up in the world of psychology. and We'll probably be doing some discussions on that, getting some psychologists in. I really am excited for January, February, because it's legislative sessions. And for any of you fans who've listened to me in the past, you know I love going up there and taping them and, and finding the funny and ridiculous that our tax-paying monies go. Legislative sessions should be interesting this year. I'm sure it's going to be more gay rights, more gun discussion, more wants of them to restrict our freedoms, and we'll find out. Hopefully I'll be able to get a job with a radio station for that month and do some taping for them and some logging, and we'll you know, we'll, we'll see what's going on. So for now, we go back to break. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. KU Radio appreciates you. I see trees of green. Red roses too. I see them Hi, this is Coach K. You're listening to KU Radio. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Blue skies. Sunshine. What a day. Let's take a walk in And hello, this is OU Radio. I'm Sasha Bloom. In studio, we have KU's fearless leader, William Hatton. How are you, sir? Uh, you know, I'm good. I can't. I can't hear myself in the headphones. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, no, there we are. I can kind of hear myself. I just need to turn. How do I look on the boards? You look pretty good. I'm looking pretty good on the board. I guess I just need to turn my headphones up. I can't hear me in the headphones. Isn't that what uh, Eminem says in some of his (laughs) musical raps? They all do. (laughs) Yo, 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 I I need more more in the headphones. Turn my headphones up. (laughs) Is that better? Uh, Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So how are you? I a bueno, bueno, a uh, busy, yes. but bueno. That's good. It's important. To I've be been busy. Uh, I've been sitting down with every single DJ uh, and doing evaluations. So right in front of me, I've got your evaluation ready no, to go. No. We don't need to do it on the air. I'm just teasing <laughs> you. But I've got uh, we we've initiated this program with the station for our DJs, where we have a stipend to give to all of our DJs. Where 
the DJs that put in the most effort and most work get the highest check, you know, based on a, uh, a number system. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've got your check uh, information right here. I got this thing that I got. I got you to, you need to give me your Herbie Hancock <laughs> and we'll be good. Um, cool. So, but did I do okay? Did I, did I not? You did well. Um, you yeah. did well, Sasha. You did actually, <laughs> you're above average if that makes you feel better. <laughs> That's what they say. Uh, <laughs> about everything. <laughs> no, uh, the average dollar amount was $80. Nice. So, yeah. That's kind of well. a nice thing you're doing for the student. A little incentive. You know, I, I'm trying to, you know, I wish we had, so every semester or, or no every year i kind of sit down and and we have a budget within ku and so we allocate money to equipment we allocate money towards traveling expenses like this last year uh lauren mason who is the assi- yeah. now going to be the assistant station manager what happened to mr bennett bennett he's he's not taking a step down he's moving kind of laterally okay so She's going. She's kind of the potential candidate for my position next year, and so we're kind of moving her into a more leadership role, so she can kind of get some, some, uh, get her feet wet. I've taken several classes with her, and she's she's a delight. She's she's good. Like, I like she Warren. She has good energy. She's kind. She's humble. Yeah. And she's got a pretty smile. Yeah, That's she's nice. I, Lauren's Lauren's good, and I think she's in a position to thrive and so uh that'll be good so we allocate money for trips we allocate money for directors for me for our assistant station man or assistant general manager who is eric as as a grad student a part of our budget goes to his uh, grad program Mm -hmm. and then uh after we had allocated everything and we'd plan everything out you know, I was like, you know, it'd be nice if we can get give some money back to the DJs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I it was too late, essentially. And so I had to, like, kind of pull some strings, make some things happen within our budget to where I think in the future we this program will continue to grow and we'll be able to give give our DJs a lot, a lot of cheddar. And then the thing is a lot of cheddar when they give to the station. Sure. It's important. You know, the more time you do on the air, you get more money. The more time you give offline, like at our events, you get more money. A lot of kids uh, worked hard for KU this semester. I was a lot of the same people, but... A lot of the same people, uh, but, uh, you know, it was interesting to see how our our, uh, accomplishments uh, kind of came from their hard work. We seem like we're being well received by the university community. It's gradually becoming better and better. There's no no trouble, no conflicts. You want to take a wild guess who was number one this year in points? Ooh, uh, besides He's a you? former – no, no, no. I, I don't get to enjoy <laughs> the point system. He's a former uh, old, old Radio member. Johnny and McKeon? I, I, no, no, no. No, sorry. Johnny Johnny oh, doesn't Keith, count – Keith McDonald. Keith McDonald. Our recruit, our fearless Keith. recruit. Yeah. He, uh, he brought it in. He brought in the big bucks, or the big points, anyway. He's got a heck of a work ethic. Vol- volunteered a lot, uh, has done his show consistently, got good marks across the board. Yeah, I'm Johnny, John, I don't want to, like, Johnny's good, too. Like, Johnny's <laughs> a good guy. No, Johnny got, Johnny's done well. I don't want to be like, no, he did, he did poorly. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not say anything of that. Mu- I think our highest-rated like. show was, in a while, uh, was the summer semester when Keith's first show. Yeah. That one did very well. 
Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed doing radio with him. I was kind of bummed that he had a class during this time because Johnny and I were really looking forward to mm. continuing learning radio with him. But yeah. never worked out. No, John, uh, Keith has been doing really well. Uh, he applied for – we opened up our um, – to our DJs to apply for the music director's position. Uh-huh. Uh, he applied along with five others. So he's got a good ear. Uh, he's he's he, he's a good candidate. Uh, I can't say whether like <laughs> it's going one way or the other, but uh, <laughs> no we're, we're going to do our huh? <laughs> we're going to do our uh, interview process. We went over the applications today as a director staff, and then next Thursday we're gonna um, we're gonna interview each applicant because uh, I feel like some applicants put in could probably do better in an, in an interview setting versus the application because mm-hmm. some people didn't put a lot of detail <laughs> <or> information. <laughs> Radio is good, and yeah. that's like all they put. You know, I like music. I, I like stuff. <laughs> so what, what's the long-term projection of KU? I know I've been trying really hard to get uh, Crony. So I, I have stuff. I have goals and visions for what I want, and it's like I kind of feel like sometimes a one-year position, which is I'm the 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 station manager is year to year, and I'm only going to be in it for one year because I graduate in May. Uh, like we're in the case where Anna was uh, a junior when she became the station manager, uh-huh. so she was able to kind of stay on for two years. I kind of feel sometimes like it's like being the president for a four-year term. Like you really can't get a whole lot done <laughs> in four years. You, a lot of the times you see presidents like try to get all their stuff done in the in the second term, or you know I I don't know. I always kind of like you know look at it that way sometimes. But honestly, in in just the six seven months that I've been the station manager, we've had like some really major overhauls. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've worked at bringing in Dad, mm-hmm. which is the, our automation system. Yep, the death of radio, as I call it. Is that what they call it? Oh yeah, because Dad has systematically destroyed uh, the art of uh, the radio. art of being on the, on the air. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I mean, can kind of see that a little bit. For just macheting jobs throughout the country. Yeah, it does take away a little bit. But the thing about the reason we're bringing it to KU is because we want to give our DJs the best educational experience on the air. And oh, dad you can't walk into a Cumulus or an ESPN radio station and not know dad. Yeah, like they or, or just you. an automation system, yeah. period. I mean, because some people use NextGen, which is uh, a competitor. Mm-hmm. Like apparently, the way, the way I've been described, so uh, somebody described dad as the Cadillac of automation <laughs> system, whereas in we were looking at a lesser, cheaper option, mm-hmm. and they were like, "That's like a Pinto. You don't want to go from a Pinto <laughs> to a ca- from a Cadillac to a Pinto." No. But apparently, next gen is is the Lexus or like the ne- like it's a little bit better than than Enco, which is or Dad uh-huh. essentially. So we've integrated that into our system, whereas before it was we had been using dad but it was like a glorified itunes we actually learned how to use it which is <laughs> huge progress <laughs> um, it's tricky it is a little tricky but most of our djs know it and feel really comfortable with it yeah this dumb guy doesn't yeah this <laughs> hooligan over here yeah. um so that and i've worked to really push for longer shows uh for djs to have longer time on the air 
like when I first came on, we had DJs doing one hour shows and like we had like 60 DJs with 60 shows Whoa. and it was, it was chaotic. It was inconsistent. There was no stability behind it. I've kind of managed to bring us down to about 30 to 40 DJs. Not yeah. that we don't want, I, I want, I want to have like a hundred people on KU staff. Sure. Uh, the, the, the thing though, is I want less shows. I like right now we probably have about 30 shows opposed to like the 60 that we had two years ago which is neat because no one in the salt lake market has that many shows yeah like it's a stunning amount of uh, so i i'm gonna announce just between you me and our listeners because i haven't gone to our djs yet i've gone to lauren to talk to her about this but i think we're going to be moving to a format where you know, I, I got I had a chance to sit down with Vicky Mann from KRCL. She's the station mm-hmm. manager there, and she said she's going to be kind of a mentor for me and for the station manager uh, in the future. And she kind of said that we need to have more stability in our schedule, more stability in our marketability. Like right now, you know, uh, half of our shows aren't going to be at the same time next semester. You know, every from semester to semester, it's just chaotic. Yeah. It's random. And, and that so makes it difficult for a it makes it hard to, to sell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you have no idea next semester. If you tune into this, you know, time, this slot. time slot next semester, it be won't there? be old Ute Radio, no, right? Yeah. I don't so, think so. so that's the struggle is finding some stability in there. And so I've essentially come up with a plan to break it down from 30 shows to 12. And that they will be station shows, and people sign up for the station show. That's not a bad idea. And each show will have a producer who is also a director. So running the boards, being running. The well, maybe not necessarily running the boards, being the monkey, but making sure that everything's running smoothly. That you've got talent on the air. Uh, that that you've got people to fill your time slots like it would be like monday through friday from 7 to 9 a.m will be the morning show mm-hmm. nine to noon monday through friday will be uh the station genre like which is going to be alternative we're going to kind of have a uh, the station genre is not necessarily that that's all we're going to play but that's what the core genre is because that's what the majority of our shows are is that is that the trend going it's on? It's right mostly now? alternative indie, and so from mm-hmm. nine to noon, and this is all subject to change, all subject to to be reworded and reworked. But the the idea will be the same that that for three, you know, two to three hour chunks, Monday through Friday, it's going to be the same thing. And what I like is so from two to five p.m. Monday through Friday is going to be talk radio. So anytime you tune into K Radio, hopefully in the fall from 2 to 5 p.m., you can expect to hear talk radio. And what that'll encompass is, you know, old Ute Radio, we might steal your name. We'll, you we'll ask you appropriately. we got tons of promos. <clears throat> we'll ask you appropriately, but we'll take old Ute Radio, mm-hmm. find some people to staff it, and then, you know, you'll it'll be called like, you know, I don't know, we haven't come up, we have like a working title, like something talk it to, something that could be marketable, that you know it'll be consistent in that you know that's what it is but you know old radio will be like a subtitle sure uh geek revolution radio which is a show that i i'm on hiatus with i think we're going to bring it back in the fall or in the the spring uh it will you and ryan right uh i don't know um i think we're probably once we 
finish with KU, Ryan, and I, you know, I think we're going to hand the torch and try to get somebody else to fulfill that slot. And so it'd be one of those things like mm-hmm. Tuesdays, you know, five or two to 5 p.m., you can tune into Geek Revolution Radio on one of the weekdays. And then in the evening, from 5 to 11 p.m., is going to be a different genre every night. So Monday will be rock. Tuesday will be indie alternative. Wednesday will be hip hop. Thursday would be techno and house EDM stuff. And then Friday would be like a mixed bag. I like it. And that's kind of my structure, my idea behind it. So you said the host of, or the new, the director of KUER spoke with you? Uh, KRCL. KRCL. You think we could get her in uh, oh, do an she's interview? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that'd be a problem. She's going to come speak to us next Friday or Thursday at the end of semester meeting. Is she a total suit or is she like a really nice person? She's nice. She, uh, you know, she was, she was pretty cool. Um, what a great job she has. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, it was just kind of nice. It, it nice to, you know, I'm not a radio person in, in the sense that before I joined, joined KU, I had no desire to pursue radio and, I really, when I graduate from school, I don't plan on going into radio. Mm-hmm. This is just something that I gradually got in, involved with, enjoyed it, and progressively made my way up the ladder in terms of leadership. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I like the radio station, and I like trying to make it better. I like the challenge, and that's something that I probably will pursue in life, is finding a job where I'm doing the same kind of thing that I'm doing now in the sense of I've got – challenges need to solve them need to improve you know things like that lead follow get out of the way exactly <laughs> did you, is did that come from the military uh, a little bit yeah, yeah i mean i it's kind of one of those things where like i uh, for the listeners i i was in the army for seven years you're a journalist i was a journalist indeed and it was just one of those things it's like you know, I, I learned a lot. Of, I was never an, an, an official leader in the Army. Uh-huh. I had good leaders and I had crappy leaders. And so it kind of helped develop my understanding of what a leader should be. I'm really driven by communication. I want to make sure that anybody that kind of falls underneath me feels like there's an open line of communication. that They know what I expect of them and vice versa. Oh, that's important. Yeah, I wish it really is important. I wish the whole University of Utah, and I think they do, has that vision of you because it's very difficult to find out what's going on around here. It's something yeah. Johnny and I always complain about. Uh, it's just such a massive campus to really be able to do anything. I mean, yeah. thirty-three thousand kids. It keeps expanding. Uh, do you see KU being around for a long time with it, with kind of radio? Some people say it's going away. That, that's honestly probably one of the best questions to ask me is because it, I don't want to say it keeps me up at night, yeah. but I want to make sure every decision that I make as a station manager, I think it should be the same case for anybody that succeeds me. It should have been the case for anybody that was before me, and I know it was for Anna, but KU has had a rocky past. We've had inconsistencies. We've had lackadaisical uh, station managers, but the thing is, Every decision that I make, I feel like it needs to be something that will benefit the station five to ten years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that I do, I need to make sure that it's for the benefit of the station. Uh, I mean, I make s- I've made some really drastic changes to our to our programming, to our station, 
And I think they're all for the best. I think we're putting stuff in place now that will allow the radio station to thrive, uh, you know, you know, five, ten years from now, and hopefully even longer. In terms of whether I think radio is dying, I think radio is evolving. Yes. I, I don't think it's dying. I think there are aspects of it that seem like it's dying, but I, I, I think people want audio experiences. They want to listen. They want to enjoy things. Maybe I think people have a, a range of sources of entertainment. You know, we, we watch TV. We read the newspaper. We do all these different things. We still listen to music. We still want to hear people talk about the things that we're interested in. See, I think uh, broadcast corporations wanted to kill the shock jock. I think that's why. I think they wanted to kill the Howard Stearns, the Opie and yeah. Anthony, the Tom Likases, the people that were really in your face selling sexuality and vulgarity. And I think they've done that. And now they look around and they're like, wow. what do we do now? Uh, yeah, and radio's naked. Like, how do we rebuild it? See, I think I think what you're going to find is the distribution of radio is going to be different. I think I honestly believe five to ten years from now, AM, FM transmissions will be be the uh ham radio of 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 our current status you know like you know ham radio might have been like a big deal you Mm -hmm. know 50 years ago but now it's just kind of a novelty thing i think am fm feeds will be a novelty thing i think radio stations are going to start looking at the internet and finding that people are going to them through the internet uh, through online uh, on-demand stuff, through podcasts, things like that, because it's going to be accessible everywhere. You know, we're already now seeing cars that have the internet in them. Sure, it's just it's tough for me though because we got to go to break here in just a second. But it's tough for me because when you hear a professional broadcaster, you hear the years and years of talent and and grooming themselves and making themselves better is where you can get on almost any podcast and it's either production's bad or the DJ hasn't spent 15 years. Now I, I don't think every podcast is going to be successful. I yeah. think you look at people like uh, Adam Carolla. He's obviously made some success in the pod wor- podcast world. But he's a professional broadcaster. But he's a professional broadcaster. And so I don't think I don't think it's it's going to be the same thing as like YouTube videos. This is the reality that we live in. You know, blogs, YouTube videos, and podcasts are our future, whether we like it or not. Yuck. <laughs> we just have to make sure that we support the best ones, yes. that we that we show support to the ones that we know are successful, that we know who is good. So, Well, let's go to break. I'm going to do my best to throw this to Dad. <laughs> All right, yeah. And, uh, when we get back, we will have... Hopefully, Craig Worth in studio, right uh, on, Utah right Broadcast on. Hall of Famer, uh, multiple Emmy Award winner, and I think he is the reigning Professor of the Year on at the University of Utah. So Solid. Yes, sir. So thank you, people, and thank you, Will, for coming in studio. Yeah. Appreciate you. This is KU Internet Radio, the University of Utah's student radio station. Be sure to hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio. We're on Twitter at K underscore U-T-E, and let us know what you want to hear.
in studio, I have Mr. Craig Wirth, and we have Will Hatton, the station leader. So hello, gentlemen. Thank you hello. for joining us. Greetings. <laughs> How are you? Hey, just well. I really Great. appreciate you coming in. I know that you're tremendously busy. I don't understand why you're always so busy. I don't either. I just don't <laughs> get things done, apparently. That's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> But, uh, no, it's great to be here, and it's great to be back in the studio where 42 years ago, at that time, though, we were playing uh, Boss Radio, <laughs> Top Pop, and it was all, another blast of gas from the past tracks, or accident, hot wax, and super gold. So we're playing what you're saying here at KU Radio, for the greatest little nonstop station in all the nation, where the music comes to play. It's kind of nice to see, like, the, the history of KU. I mean, like, Sasha and I really only know like maybe a year, two or three yeah. of our of our. Well, it history. started in '67. Uh, my brother Barry Worth and a guy named R.J. Snow and uh, one other guy. They uh, started the uh, station um, because the commercial market wasn't playing the music that uh, university students wanted, mm. and huh. at that time. It broadcast over electric wires in the dorms <laughs> and around <laughs> and on 1600 frequency. And uh, uh, it was a network affiliate. They had a news department, and it was pretty cool. Wait, what was your radio name again? You had the greatest name in the world. Well, I had several over the years. Uh, Duke Brandon, and, but <laughs> yeah. my favorite was Chuck Roast. <laughs> Chuck Roast. Chuck Roast. <laughs> Put it in my ear what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Call the Chucker. Chuck that's Roast. still today one of the funniest <laughs> things, finding DJs that try to come up with catchy well, names. Well, I, I was uh, Chuck Roast, Craig Brandon, Duke Brandon, and Lincoln Park. <laughs> Long before the group Lincoln Park, <laughs> but I was Lincoln Park. Why did you always use an alias instead of... <laughs> do you think I wanted people to know who I was? <laughs> no, you know, you just did for radio in those days. You just kind of... It was all fun and fantasy, and so why not have, you know, the, the great names that um, we always had, and everybody always took a name like Duke Brandon. It just <laughs> seemed to fit, or, you know, and... Um, Radio in those days, we were all kind of patterned after a station in Los Angeles, KHJ, which I later went to work for. And there they had the real Don Steele and Humble Harp. <laughs> you know, so you had to be like Duke Brandon. It just sounded so good. <laughs> so how did you get into television? For people that don't know, you're a producer, you're a director, you're a journalist. Uh, what attracted you to television? I actually love to write. I love to put words together, and there was no other way that anybody would pay me to do that in those days. So television was a way you could go watch something happen, write up that story, and uh, put it on the air. And so that's was basically to write. It was never to be on camera. I find writing in television very difficult. Like I can write a very decent 30-page academic paper, no problem. But writing a one-minute script for television is just exhausting for me I, how how do you how do you do it you know you just look at what you see and then I always say tell them what you're going to see show them what they saw and uh, tell them what they just had seen and so in other words it's just look at a snapshot of life and describe that uh, snapshot so that the pictures will speak for themselves if you compete with the pictures you can't write a script 
Um, you get to the point, too, where you, in your mind even you're thinking about the pictures. When I write, I'm just thinking about the pictures I have. And your, your brain is amazing. Even at my old age, your brain will organize things and put it in a linear thought. So in the writing process for television, are you, s I don't want to say dumbing it down, but you're... Oh, really no, no. no. Yeah. I don't think at all. No, no, yeah. no. You're, you're taking, you're, you're projecting images on a screen, and you are telling the people everything that's in that image that makes it interesting. No, no, you don't dumb it down. If you're doing good TV, uh -huh. if you're doing good TV, you're taking and you're describing what they're looking at and let them make the decisions of what something is. Even if it's hard news, if it's a feature, if you're trying to tell that somebody is a real character, show them and let them decide what type of character is by you just putting in the words that says, this person has like been a woodcarver for 50 years. And then you always ask that person why they're a woodcarver and let the audience listen and then you sign off and that's about it. <laughs> you say you got into radio because, or into television because you like to write. Yep. Uh, you're a published author or co-author of a academic uh, research book, right? Oh, uh, a few of them. Yeah. yeah, but you don't. You don't. You're not a novelist. You're. You're not no, a newspaper. No, no, I. I'm not a novelist. I can only write about things that actually happened. Uh -huh. I can't write about things that didn't happen. I just don't have that ability. Now I can do stand-up routines about things that didn't happen, but I can't write for some reason. I can't invent characters in my mind and then make them say things that they never said because they never existed. But I can, I guess, just look at something and say, what was interesting about that? So I, I think I would be a horrible fiction writer. Mm, I doubt it, but I understand. Oh, I, no, 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 <laughs> I would be. Why, why did you choose to be a journalist and a documentarian as opposed to getting into f really major movies and such like that? Well, again, it was the chronicling what has actually happened, mm -hmm. and I think as a journalist, that was gave me such rich opportunity. And I was very lucky, Sasha. I, I just, most people didn't have the amount of luck that I did, and I know it was luck, that I was at the right time. I um, was able to experience the fall of communism by working in the Soviet Union at that time. I was able to witness what presidents did by interviewing presidents, by by looking at uh, going around the country in a bus for a year and a half. I did that, went to 44 states, six countries on one job, just seeing the world, seeing things, and then just talking about them. It was great. Is it your work ethic and ability to get along with others that really got you to New York and Los Angeles? Because you have an unrelenting work ethic. You don't give <laughs> up. You don't quit. You don't throw temper tantrums. No, and you and don't. I, I, I don't, you know. I mean, I, I really, it bothers me when I see people throw a temper tantrum or, or a person that <laughs> do you thinks see that. that a lot? Yeah. <laughs> well, you do. You see, and it's usually beginners, beginner reporters. I know here's somebody that won't be around in a year because you have to be patient and, and you have to observe. Uh, there's no room for that ego that comes in and, and, 
and just really you, thinks that are, they're the are person. Are giving egos out at the beginning? Or when you graduate from college, is that like <laughs> you know, part of the diploma it's package? It's weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird that you'll discover the old pros, and this goes for Hollywood, this goes for filmmakers, this goes for actors, this goes for journalists. The old pros who lasted all those years are some of the nicest people in the world, and they're still the people that will take time to talk to you. I learned from a lot of those people, and they're the ones, they're the pros. It's the raving maniacs that uh, you go, well, you've been around for six months, you're a raving maniac, you'll be gone in a year. It really is. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I know. I, 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 I could tell you in classes that um, the same thing. I know who's going to make it in the business. You know, from about the first week, if I'll teach a journalism class and I'll go, okay, I know who's actually going to be around in this business. I, I know because you see it in their personality. You can learn to write. You can learn to shoot a camera. You can learn to edit. But you can't learn to have the patience and the power of observation and the ability to leave your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. And I've, I, I mean, I don't think I ever had an ego. If I had an ego, I certainly would have um, probably dressed better, combed my <laughs> hair when I had <laughs> hair, and actually uh, like made sure that I looked presentable. <laughs> well, you sure have been dressing rather nicely on campus this semester, which uh, we got to wrap up here. But I think uh, I think Sasha's lack of ego helps for his demeanor and his appearance. <laughs> I'm I'm not commenting on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I, I can comment because I could jab him a I little no, bit. No, uh, no, Sasha had the uh, has the stick to itness. I'm going to see Sasha around. In fact, I I'm going to be nice to Sasha because uh, when I'm old, <laughs> he's going to hire me. <laughs> I will do anything. I'm a big fan of yours. I, I really respect uh, the way you treat your students and the freedom you give them. And I enjoy that you're also willing to uh, correct them um, as they make mistakes. And, you know, y you seem to care about us. I do. You know. I, it's the only reason to teach. I mean, at this point in my career, let me tell you, I am not, shall we say, the distinguished professors of campus. Uh, my sure name does not come up, <laughs> but I uh, say that I have a lot of fun because I'm learning also by observing what others are doing. Uh, <laughs> your talented Mr. Mitch Sears is here to take you <laughs> to KUTV. Is that where you're On going? On to better. KUTVX? Yeah, KUTVX. K That's <laughs> the way you combine them all. <laughs> yeah. huh? No, it's the next the next little part of the journey. So, But this has been great to drop by. I thank you so much, Eric, both of you, for having me in here because um, this is a very important service, this place, and I think it's important that you, uh, your, your show is doing great, and I know I hear wonderful things, and I, I just, it's, it's great to 42 years later be sitting in this place and see it in such good hands. Thank you. Well, thank you, sir. We appreciate you. Hello, people. This is Sasha Bloom with Old Ute Radio with me in student. Studio in student. <laughs> with me in studio is William Hatton. How are hello, you? Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? So I'm going to throw you on the spot here. You ready for your evaluation? Yes. All right. This is <laughs> this is verbatim how I've been asking everybody, and it's a 15 minute evaluation. I'll try to make it entertaining for the folks out there. Okay. Uh, how has your experience with the station been this this semester overall? How how do you feel the semester's gone? 
It's been a very busy semester. Busy, huh? I've been doing two shows. Uh, yeah, you've OU been doing Radio the thing with, with Becca. Becca. I love doing the show with Becca. We've had, this semester, we've I've had four recruits. Nice. And then two others that didn't show up. Mm. So I enjoy that part of it. It's kind of... The training. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though, because you feel like you're in a zoo and like people <laughs> are just watching you. I enjoyed doing radio with Joni. I enjoyed the remotes. I thought that they were beneficial and fun, the mm. ones that were outside. Um, yeah, it kind of gets difficult when it gets cold. Yeah, I thought that rap one was kind of weird. Oh, uh, you mean the show? Yeah, just because they were so conceited. Like, not all of them, but just a the couple of them. Did, so you weren't there for on Wednesdays. Last no, Wednesday, I couldn't get there. It was a lot better. Was it? It was really good. Who came like in? The artists were good. Uh, Bird in the Trees and then oh, a girl they're named. Great. Because, yeah, they did a news break. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and we And then a girl them. named Michelle Moonshine who sure. kind of does stuff with them on occasion. Uh, no, they, they uh, it was fun. They did a good job. Uh, we gave out pizza. Nice. So did Hazel just crawl under the chairs? <laughs> Is she over there with you? I haven't. Yep, she's over uh, there. She, she's crafty. <laughs> uh, for all those who are, are listening, my daughter—I uh, have a one-year-old daughter here with us. She—I uh, tried to create a chair barrier. <laughs> she like went it, right she under. Went it. right under it. Uh, she's crafty. Is she pole vaulting out of her crib yet, or doing any of that stuff? Uh, no, she. We have to like strap her into the high chair because uh-huh. otherwise she'll like <laughs> squeeze <laughs> herself out <laughs> yeah. of it and try to like jump out of it. I'm like, come on, now. come on, now, girl, where are you gonna go? You, can you tell that there's a three foot drop there? She's climbing on stuff though. It's crazy. She that we have like this big. It's not really a love sack, but it's like a big brown chair that's like soft. It's uh-huh. like I it's like I would say it was like a love sack, but made of a different material. It's like more of a solid material. Like kind of like all cushion, uh-huh. and she just climbs right up on there and starts jumping on it like it's a bed, <laughs> and then she'll like tumble off of it, but it's, it's <laughs> low enough <laughs> to the ground that she's okay. Uh, is she grabbing your drink down there? Oh yeah, she is. Yeah, see, I'm, I have intuition <laughs> to know what she's doing. Um, she is just cute as a button. I uh, I remember when my kid was that little. That little. It uh, makes you want to have more. Are you guys gonna have more? Yeah, I think. Uh, over. In time, yeah, our, our plan is to anyways. Nice. Uh, you know, life happens. If, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, you know, it will probably adopt. Really? So, yeah. I Seriously. Think, uh, even just in general, I think we, we want, Anna and I kind of want to uh, adopt. Uh, we kind of want to go uh, unorthodox and get like maybe a, a different race baby. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it, would, it would be a little shocker in my family that my, all my family are like super conservative. Yeah. Like my from the south, from the south. My my wife was talking to my cousin's wife. Uh-huh. We I have family up in Logan, and I was visiting with my cousin, and she told um, my cousin's wife that that we would like to, you know, maybe b- maybe bring home a little black baby boy, <laughs> you know. And you should. And she like my cousin's wife la- laughed it off like it was a <laughs> joke. <laughs> like no, I mean. No, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously there's a, a stigma or reason why people adopt within their own race. But, you know, the, I think that the people that the children in, in need are definitely along the uh, other other races, I would say. You grew up in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Or outside of Atlanta. Was it pretty segregated when you were an elementary student and kind of you know, going? Honestly, I would say my. I, I don't really recall elementary a whole lot, mm-hmm. like in terms of 
how the segregation was. I have to say it was very, very mixed. You know, there were a lot of a lot of black kids in school. A lot of a lot of like I guess it might have been the the city that I lived in. We lived in a city that was um, a Bosnian refugee town. And okay. So we had a ton of Bosnian refugees, and so they just integrated into our school systems, uh, stuff like that. And so I mean, I was just kind of natural like nothing was like odd i mean when you're growing up like that and and there's no reason to have like a predisposition to hate like you don't look at other people in in a light if your parents aren't like kind of building you on that and so you know i you know we had bosnians we had uh you know a a lot of asian population at my school it was kind of a melting pot Uh, Hmm. atlanta really is and so you just grow up not really thinking much about it you know I think uh, I I remember in eighth grade I had I had the hots for this this black girl <laughs> on our basketball team, <laughs> and so it's just like one of those things. It's like you're just naturally around people, and you you grow to to, to have no hatred in your heart. You know that, that it's not not hard to you know totally miss the the concepts of of racial tension or racial difference. I've most of see I, I'm a Jewish boy, so oh, okay. a lot of people, I don't know, not so much in this world anymore. But I used to get a lot of stigma when I was a little kid. Like I used to get swastikas in my locker. Oh, so, really? Yeah, Jeez. and it was really bizarre. But I was, you know, I grew up speaking Hebrew, reading Hebrew. I came. My grandfather was very orthodox. So you're kind of like Kyle, right? Yeah, you know, honestly, the the red hair throws me off because it's just like one of those things. You're like, okay. Yeah, my dad, my dad didn't have red hair. My mom doesn't. Um, (laughs) My great grandfather had red hair, and I guess it's recessive. When she gets quiet, then I like I start to wonder if all is okay. (laughs) It's it's the game of like, where did she go? <laughs> all the all the important equipment, all the uh, electronic uh, in, uh, electronic stuff. Come here, you. I, I she was about to pull us. <laughs> <laughs> she was about to turn us offline. Uh, no, honestly, being a dad is crazy. Let me just say straight up, it's, it's hard. It's it's a challenge. Do you have challenges in your relationship also balancing that? Because now that you're both working so hard and you have this little kid. It's not so much about your wants anymore oh, yeah, with your wife. It's My wants have pretty much gone out the door. Yeah, like it's it tough. Like it's kind of like a balance between my wife and then Hazel. It's like then then I'm like, oh, let me see what I can do for me. But mm-hmm. you know, it's a good thing. I think. I think there's something special about being selfless. Yeah. See, I wish I would have done my parenting differently because uh, we separated at such a young. Like yeah. my, my son was one and a half when we split parts, and now he's twelve. And so I've been a single dad for 10 plus years now, and it's it's not the best way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it could be difficult. Uh, and that's that's the thing. It's uh, Anna and I like we we were pregnant within the first month of marriage. See, she, uh, my son's mother and I, she was pregnant within the first month of us knowing each I'm other. I'm quite certain we got pregnant on our honeymoon. That's cool. Yeah, that's the way to honeymoon do it. Honeymoon baby. <laughs> that's what it's set up for. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. The evaluation. Yes, <laughs> please. Kidding, kidding. So I'm going to go through 
Let me tell you, I'm going to read. Oh, I'm sorry. Chloe just rammed her ribs into the, uh, into the chair. Bad dad. Bad dad. I'll just injure you all over the place. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to it. I had an enjoyable experience. Uh, this is probably the first semester where I'm starting to feel real comfortable on the air. Okay. It's I, always a challenge. I mean, that some people take to it really well, and some te- people like, kind of have to ease in, like the deep oh, end. The first half hour today was like doing radio all o- I was stumbling over. I didn't know where to go. Like, I had all my notes, but... I used to... I, I Back in the day when I was on the red zone, there was a couple times where I ended up doing the red zone alone. Yeah, for four hours. Or it, at the time, it was two hours. And it was just all <coughs> sports talk, all by myself. And I was like, I love baseball. I can talk <laughs> about baseball all day long, but I have to talk to somebody about it. It can't just be, you know, I, like even Dan Patrick, when he does this show, he's got his little his little people that he yeah. can kind of like turn to. That's the impressive thing about like a Colin Cowherd. Yeah. Is he does radio all by himself, and there's very few people left in radio that do it. It's hard. Yeah. It's not entertaining, at least <laughs> for me, to do it solo. No, I'm very excited to play it back and get this thing ready for on-demand because I can't wait to laugh at myself. <laughs> I sound like an idiot. Yes. All right, so would you say there's anything that you feel uh, the station could do better? Any any operational management, uh, equipment? I mean, obviously we know... Mic three has been down pretty much the whole semester, and that's a major mic because yeah, it's like you mic four is in the corner. Yeah, yeah. So I a prime spot. I honestly, I personally think we need to redistribute these microphones. Like move both of these to yeah. this half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I have a couple observations about KU. I wish we could advertise more on campus. Brand branding ourselves on campus, or do you mean just, advertising? Just putting out flyers in every building, um, you know, doing something like that. Yeah, I I agree. It's just that the the fact that you know most campus life, most students don't know that there's a radio station is troubling. Mm-hmm. I want the Grateful Dead show back. Um, I don't care who the host who, is, yeah. but at every station. In the country, yeah. and I know you hate the dead. I'm not a big fan of the <laughs> no. dead. Not a big fan of uh, <laughs> noodling and stand for. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd like to see the KU staff as a whole do more promos. Yeah. I think just having recycled promos over and over and over again. That's one thing that Garen and the production team mm-hmm. is going to be working on. That's some projects of theirs. That's all they're going to do is promos. So I almost kind of want it to be something where the DJs go to the team to do their promo mm-hmm. so that there are one for every show, but uh, as well, audio you know, liners. Like when you hear, you're listening to KU Internet Radio, it's not just me and the three other people that did it. You're going to hear like 20 different people doing those liners. Uh, this one might be a stretch, but we have KU alumni like uh, Spencer Checkett and... Uh, even Mira and Kyle Gunther. I'd like to see some of the people that have become very successful in radio uh, join KU. You know, whether it's to give a presentation or a talk or to come on air once in a while. I, you know, to, to having Craig in here. That so was that's actually interesting that you bring that up because Eric uh, O'Brien, who is the ge- assistant general mm-hmm. manager, he's been compiling 
data about our alumni. He's been like reaching out to former people. He's, he's compiling a list. So our objective then is to make a, I know you're not on Facebook, which is admirable and I love it. <laughs> really? You're the only one. <laughs> I, I, I've deleted my Facebook page three times. Yeah. Because I hate it. Yeah. But th- then I love it. I mean, it's, it's hard when all how where where's your family like in general like are they back east uh so my dad died when i was little oh okay um my mom is in california with her with my stepfather of mm-hmm. 27 28 30 yeah. years and then my sister's out in berkeley so okay so you're you're back west i yeah. should say yeah. so my family's like all over the country mm-hmm. i mean i like i have a sister in in missouri a brother in ohio my dad and my brother live in kentucky I have a sister in Atlanta. I have my mom's in, in Arizona, and I'm in Utah. Sure. So I'm like all Going over the to place. Texas. Going to Texas. Yeah. So family all over the place. It, it's hard to really keep in touch. Mm-hmm. Not to say that like Facebook is the best tool for keeping in touch because I'd say 90% of it is just BS. I mean, it's just like the kind of, you know, I'm just, you know, the 90% of the posts are just self Right. No, I don't want to say self-righteousness, but self-promotion. Sure. Uh, it's, I have a major problem with social media because I'm in media. I, mm-hmm. I work at professionally as a not a radio broadcaster, but I work in television production. And so I got to be super careful on Twitter. Like I can't oh, yeah. cuss. I can't do anything like that. And that's all I want to do. Like all I want to <laughs> do is troll people and I can't do it. And so it that's, be- that's your nature then. You're you're a troll then, huh? Maybe oh a little boy, bit. I just Maybe a little <laughs> bit. Uh, you know, imaginatively, I would imaginatively. Lo- I would love to be just create an anonymous <laughs> <laughs> Twitter feed and just start thrashing Hammering people. people. Yeah, <laughs> some people need it though. I mean, that's the reality of it. Oh, it's like Johnny uh, just became a United States citizen, right? Right. And he right. was posting it on Twitter, and I just wanted to say, I, I just wanted to bury him. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh boy now you're gonna go to unemployment and all this stuff and this and that you know (laughs) (laughs) but i can't do that and you know it's probably for the better but makes for a better (laughs) society (laughs) yeah yeah that's one of my biggest problems with the internet and social media is there's an avenue for people to be anonymous and say the most brutal things dickish things yeah i mean just racist uh I was watching The Daily Show yesterday about fans of Ted Cruz just berating him <laughs> online because he had shown, you know, condol- condolences to uh, Nelson Mandela dying. And it was like one of those things that's like they were calling him like they were like comparing Nelson Mandela to like Pol Pot and, and, and <laughs> Hitler and stuff like that. And because Ted Cruz supports them, then they're like, well, then you're just as good as him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Former Vice President Dick Cheney uh, called Nelson Mandela a terrorist and still stands by it. Yeah, you you heard what happened about Mandela. I talked about it a little bit earlier on the show. Yeah. But a priori to him going to prison for 27 years, he was about to bomb a whole bunch of buildings with innocent kids. Oh, really? Yeah. And he had bombed several public places, and he was a full-on communist, and he was... He wasn't a warlord, but he was in a militant faction. Um, yeah. But see, have you seen the trailers for the movie coming out about him? 
No, but I saw his old movie with the Allstate guy. Oh, You're really? In, oh, it's phenomenal. Uh, Dennis Haysbert. Yes, it's phenomenal. So, do you ever watch BBC shows? Sh- I don't watch a lot of television, but yeah. I'd so BBC puts out a show called Luther. Okay. Uh, the guy was in Pacific Rim. I'm trying to think of other things that he's been in. He was in the Thor movies. Mm-hmm. Did you Did you watch the Thor? No. <laughs> I've been do you watch film at all, or like, are you a big film guy? Oh, I love to do it. I just when you have the time. Yeah, did, these yeah. last two years have gone straight down the window. <laughs> like my free time goes into KU. Like, yeah, that's my that's this, my enjoyment. I can't so. I can't ever remember or a pronounce the guy's name, uh-huh. but he's a British actor who's playing Nelson Mandela in this new movie coming out about like it looks like it's the time before. Nelson Mandela goes to prison and then like his his uh, in, in car, incarceration yeah. looks interesting. I was playing a little bit of Barack Obama's uh, s- comments and speech. speech. Yeah. And it kind of bothered me that and even if you watch the news and stuff, they don't talk about this guy being a real revolutionary and and a violent revolutionary and why that was important and why he couldn't do the passive movement like Dr. King or Muhatna Gandhi right. because Africa is a different place. Yeah. They hate black people in so South Africa. We should take a break, but yep. when we come back, I have like something I want to say about that. Okay. From the fourth floor of the Union Building at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, this is KU Internet Radio for students by students. Hello, people. This is Sasha Bloom. This is OU Radio in student studio. I did that twice now. Student. <laughs> we have Mr. William Hatton. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Got Hazel on my na- lap right now. And oh, yeah. She wants to talk. grabbing the mic. <laughs> good for her. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about Nelson Mandela before the break. Yes. And you were saying the the atmosphere, the, the environment of South Africa and Africa in general and why he had to be so militant. And it just makes me laugh at how much you see people like that make these rash statements like, you know, Nelson Mandela was a, a, a terrorist. Right. When in the reality, I'm sure there are very, you know, you, you ask many Brit, Brits in 1800, eight, 1820, you know, what they think of America and, and their level of terrorism. Yeah. And they would say the same thing. We did a lot of bad stuff in the early stages of our of our national history that are online with terrorism. We still do. We still you know, flaw. We, do it all we the fail time. all the time as a country. But what I what I like about Nelson Mandela and it's parallel to Malcolm X in this country. Yeah. Is the ability to recognize that your behavior was wrong even though right. your ambition and passion for what you're doing is right, but then to reinvent yourself to allow yourself to be humble and to become selfless is really an endearing uh part of mandela and that's why people are are you know really heartfelt about the whole you know bit where he's gone yeah i was in a news studio in july when he got sick the first day he got sick and so and i've always been a mandela fan i've read his books i've listened to his speeches i get who he is and so 
I, it's, it was about two in the afternoon. We're waiting for four o'clock news. I go up to the producer. I go, Hey, there's reports that Mandela might be dying. And that at very, the very best is he's critically sick. There were news feeds in Copenhagen saying Mandela died. So we're checking AP, New York times, LA times, right, right. Try, BBC trying to verify this. Couldn't find it. So I walk back up to the, the producer and I go, Hey, you know, he's just very sick. I think it's important that we play it on our show. She goes, I'm not interested until he's dead. Goodness. And in my head, I'm just like. Do, so, <laughs> okay, I, you don't watch a lot of television because of life and, and things like yeah. that. Uh, so I, I almost know the answer to this question, <laughs> but do you watch the newsroom on HBO? I have seen You've both seen seasons. Some of it? Oh, you have seen both seasons? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of the newsroom? I Because th- th- that, that story you just told me yeah. makes me think of that show a little bit. <laughs> I really like a lot of it. Here's what I don't like. I don't like the music. Yeah. I think it makes it too drama, f- drama, drama. Right, right. I don't like the relationship uh, entanglements, but I love the caricature uh, that is a Daniels. Will, uh, Jeff Daniels. Dan Jeff Daniels plays. I've got a crying baby. <laughs> I've actually been uh, trying to. I'm a big fan of his and yeah. his role in that show. Yeah. I I, th- I think it's a tremendous idea. Like I mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. It's one of the great shows that you can watch. Yeah. I don't like Soda Soda Burger though. I don't like his or not Soda Burger. Uh, Sorkin. Sorkin. I don't like his camera. Like I don't like the way he he doesn't he everything he shoots is kind of head mm-hmm. straight on instead of angling. Yeah. And. He's one of those people that doesn't have a problem with light reflections, like off of mirrors and stuff, and that drives me <laughs> up the wall. That's, that's <laughs> your technical aspect of yeah. being in film and, f- yeah. and video. It's why I hated Breaking Bad, the last season of Breaking Bad. <sighs> so you know how almost I don't I don't, I don't even want to hear, hear it. No, don't tell me <laughs> anything negative about the best season of television. So are there five seasons or six seasons of that show of Breaking Bad? Yeah. You put me on the spot. No, five seasons. Five seasons. Okay. It was broken up into two. That was my confusion trying to find it, um, uh, find stuff about it. So. Yeah. Um, a tired baby. I, she's she's tired and cranky. Hopefully, she like falls asleep tonight and just <laughs> sleeps the whole night. Well, we should wrap up. Yeah, we should. I really appreciate you coming on. Next week uh, is Johnny McKeon's last show at KU I, I Radio. I think we'll be here, Ryan we and myself. Yes, we have Geek Rev coming in to kick him out. <laughs> 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 no, it should be fantastic. Yeah. Do you know who sings that song? Uh, Am I not? Time of Our Life. With not the Green I Days. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. The time yeah. of my <laughs> life. Yeah. I yeah. I want to try to get Johnny to cry on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wanting to we should we should make him do an oath uh, of of uh, citizenship yeah. with KU. <laughs> yeah, or we pass you on your way, young man. Yes, your your rite of passage <laughs> is done after finishing at KU. <laughs> yeah, I got to talk to Ryan because I think we're gonna try to cut up like some of his worst moments on air. <laughs> Johnny's or Ryan's? Uh, Johnny's, but Ryan has been cutting yeah. and clipping for me really yeah <laughs> um i might not be able to do the whole show Kay. because of this little sure. turd but uh <laughs> i'll try to be here for most of it well i appreciate you joining us and filling in and um i can't wait to get home and see how bad mm. i did the first hour <laughs> like oh, i'm right, really all excited right. <laughs> all right well uh y'all take care out there okay
Uh, yes. I'm gonna get all southern on you. I mean, I'm moving <laughs> to Texas in a year. Oh, uh, you're going to Austin, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's a great city. Lucky you. I'm I'm excited about it. My sister almost uh, went to graduate school down there because she just fell in love with Austin. I think I'm gonna try to get a job at uh, UT. I mean, they always posting uh, PR jobs, and that's what I want to do. And their football team is about as bad as ours. So Right now, yeah. <laughs> the transition would be as, simple. As we close out the show, we're going to talk about <laughs> Mac Brown and his stepping down. Because that's totally did, relevant. Did he step down today? Or I, Last thing I saw last night was that he's, go- after this season, or you know, in the next week, he's going to be stepping down. I don't know if it's like a like he wants to or if the university is initiating mm-hmm. it, he's which I'm sure there's. There's some serious Texas pressure when it comes <laughs> to Texas football. Especially with the Cowboys and I doing horrible. I looked at his numbers. You know, his first, like, 13 years with the university, he has, like, tons of bowls. Yeah. Like an 800% winning record. Or, or not 800%, like, uh, whatever, however you say it, like .800, whatever. See, the question is, you have to wonder, is did they go dormant because there were problems with, Vince Young team in terms of payments and stuff. Yeah, and so then it showed the last four years he's got, he's at 600 in his winning record. That Uh, doesn't cut it, though. But he has zero bowls. They couldn't get Johnny Menzel. They couldn't get uh, RBG to sign with them. Yeah. You know, I mean. Those are are some big Texas (laughs) names. Yeah. I hate Johnny Manziel. I mean, I hate him. I hope I I really truly hope he gets injured and never plays another Just game. A nice I, I hope that yeah. I hope he gets all the way through college. You know, gets a couple Heisman's, yeah. Johnny Football, yeah. gets to the pros and gets sacked in the very first play of the game and is out for the rest of his life because that guy is a douchebag. We can only hope, sir. <laughs> Sorry if anybody is Johnny Manziel fan. Um, I am. I do. My my wife hates Texas A and M. Hey, you are totally okay. <laughs> my wife hates Texas A and M, and when Texas A and M joined the SEC, I have an infinite love for the SEC uh, yeah. because I'm from Atlanta. Yeah. And generally, just support SEC you like teams. Good football, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, uh, the Pac-12. Pac-12 is not so bad. Uh, there are other conferences, like maybe the Ma- the Mountain Western or the WAC, that I'm like, I'm glad we're not part of either one of those, because yeah. otherwise, you know, it'd be hard to really, you know, say we have a really good football program. <laughs> That's the thing. I I'm not from Utah. Before I came here, I didn't even root for Utah football. Sure. But when people talk about, like, Utah's run for, uh, what was it back? Is it 2008? Eight when, and when two, yeah. We had the undefeated yeah. records. Yeah. I'm like, you, you guys have no grounds to stand on when it comes to strength of record well, prior, we, to the, prior to yeah. joining the Pac-12. We've been having discussions at the Pac-12 uh, – you know, this hasn't gone anywhere high, but we make the observation that maybe it's time to move the muss to the TV side since it's half empty now. Really? Yeah. And That's it's probably a, not a bad idea. It's not when all your cameras are on one side and, and it looks the, empty. Yeah. Except for the muss. Yeah, no, the muss is empty. Oh, the muss is Everything empty. Everything else is selling out. The students aren't coming. Ah, oh, that's not good. Yes. No, it's disgusting. It's and embarrassing. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> well. Way to go, students. <laughs> yeah, boo. <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to get behind a sucky team. 
it doesn't matter. You got to stand by your because that extra ten thousand people can really make it loud and yeah, make it I hard for the other team. The, there is when you look at the games that we were close in yeah. this year. The best games that we were in were the ones where every third down, the the other team was making mental and and you know and mistakes due to the team, unable the to communicate. Fans. Yeah, because we already have such an advantage of altitude. Yeah. And then you get all these idiot fans that are drunk and loud or just loud. Just loud. It's great. Well, <laughs> you know, and, and I I understand why people stop going to the games. I stopped watching them at home. I, I didn't have passes. I didn't I didn't go to any game this year just because it's really hard to do with sure. like a one-year-old. But uh, it's just hard to watch a team that they're, when their quarterback goes down, that it's almost like the, the spirit left the room. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, uh our basketball team. We got this kid yeah, named Delon Wright. I'm actually trying to get a hold of him to come in studio in January. Mm-hmm. He's a, I think he's an NBA talent. He really? is phenomenal. He's the best basketball player I've seen in the Huntsman in two years. Really? And I've seen every home game because I've worked him. Okay. And uh, he's, he's tall. He's slim. He's quick. He, he's explosive. He can shoot. Like, he's averaging, like, 14, 15 points, 7 or 8 rebounds, 6, 7 steals, 8 or 9 assists. Like, he's almost quadruple doubling every night. I do miss sports talk, so this is kind of nice to yeah. just dive into this a little bit before the end of the show. Uh, what do you think about Utah football in the future? Like, I think we're about to become a basketball school again. I really? think it's going to be running Utes again. Um, what do you think, uh, like, how do you think we could save our, pro- our football program? I think that we need to seriously reevaluate having a 24-year-old as a very high-ranked coach really? with no experience. I think Brian Johnson's a phenomenal man. I think he's a good human being, but he's not ready to be a Pac-12 coach. Offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. Norm Chow is in his 50s, right? He didn't get to the Pac-12 until he was in his late 40s. Right. It's not an easy place to get to. I would like. I don't think Whittingham should be fired. Not yet. So you don't think the blame falls on him at all? It falls on him not being an offensive-minded person and not valuing the offense. You yeah. know, we have a we had a lot of problems two years ago with rapes and beatings by football players towards women, mm. and he's trying to keep a very clean program. You know, when your star safety gets suspended for smoking weed all the time, there's a problem, and that's not his fault. It's a commitment level from the students. I will say it really doesn't help, though, that every year we've had our quarterback go out midseason. That is a that is a Kyle Whittingham problem. Yeah, he likes the pretty boy Southern California skinny kid. I don't care if you're six six, but if you're two ten, you're not going to survive a season. Mm. He's they're too thin. They're yeah. But Whittingham is he's adorable. <laughs> he's a nice little See, old guy. See, it's funny because when I was on the red zone last year. She was totally falling falling asleep <laughs> in my arms. So cute. Um, when when uh, there was a lot of fire coach Whittingham talk, like every year when we would miss, like the last three years when we'd miss out on bowl games yeah. or, or uh, there there was just the, the team looked poor or like they were like we weren't running well. Those guys always jumped on the get rid of them wagon, and and I I kind of posed questions like if you could you know hire somebody new or if you were the you know if you do things differently how would you do them and 
the reality is being a head coach is like it's not no easy task. It's not like if we got rid of Whittingham today or tomorrow. Who are we going to get? Who are we going to get? Who's better? You know, who's, who's going to step who's up? And who's willing to stay for 10 years? Exactly. Because he's willing to stay another 10 years because he's a Utah man. Right. And he, but this he's is got a st- job security. Utah in the in the realm of the union is a stepping st- – it's a pod to yeah. move to a bigger market. I I, uh, I don't know. I have a lot of issues with football <laughs> and the safety of football. Um, yeah. I wish they'd bring wrestling to this campus. Um, bring who? Wrestling. Mm. Like uh, and rugby back, seeing the rugby team back would be nice. I hope they get off suspension soon. Yeah. So with that, we're out of here. We uh, I think Ryan Meeks is coming in. Awesome. Hopefully, yeah. If not, uh, uh, we'll talk to you down the road. So thank you, people.